Section 2 of Talks by Abdul Baha, given in Paris by Abdul Baha Abbas. Translated by Lady Sara Louisa Blomfield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Talks by Abdul Baha given in Paris by Abdul Baha Abbas. Section 1. The duty of kindness and sympathy towards strangers and foreigners. October 16th and 17th. When a man turns his face to God, he finds sunshine everywhere. All men are his brothers. Let not conventionality cause you to seem cold and unsympathetic when you meet strange people from other countries. Do not look at them as though you suspected them of being evildoers, thieves, and bores. You think it necessary to be very careful not to expose yourselves to the risk of making acquaintance with such possibly undesirable people. I ask you not to think only of yourselves. Be kind to the strangers, whether come they from Turkey, Japan, Persia, Russia, China, or any other country in the world help to make them feel at home find out where they are staying ask if you may render them any service try to make their lives a little happier in this way even if sometimes what you at first suspected should be true still go out of your way to be kind to them this kindness will help them to become better after all why should any foreign people be treated as strangers let those who meet you know without your proclaiming the fact that you are indeed a baha'i put into practice the teaching of baha'u'llah that of kindness to all nations do not be content with showing friendship in words alone let your heart burn with loving-kindness for all who may cross your path o oh, you of the western nations be kind to those who come from the eastern world to sojourn among you forget your conventionality when you speak with them they are not accustomed to it to eastern peoples this demeanour seems cold unfriendly rather let your manner be sympathetic let it be seen that you are filled with universal love when you meet a persian or any other stranger speak to him as to a friend if he seems to be lonely try to help him give him of your willing service if he be sad console him if poor succor him if oppressed rescue him if in misery comfort him in so doing you will manifest that not in words only but in deed and in truth 
you think of all men as your brothers what profit is there in agreeing that universal friendship is good and talking of the solidarity of the human race as a grand ideal unless these thoughts are translated into the world of action they are useless the wrong in the world continues to exist just because people talk only of their ideals and do not strive to put them into practice if actions took the place of words the world's misery would very soon be changed into comfort a man who does great good and talks not of it is on the way to perfection the man who has accomplished a small good and magnifies it in his speech is worth very little if i love you i need not continually speak of my love you will know without any words on the other hand if i love you not that also will you know and you would not believe me were i to tell you in a thousand words that i loved you people make much profession of goodness multiplying fine words because they wish to be thought greater and better than their fellows seeking fame in the eyes of the world those who do most good use fewest words concerning their actions the children of god do the works without boasting obeying his laws my hope for you is that you will ever avoid tyranny and oppression that you will work without ceasing till justice reigns in every land that you will keep your hearts pure and your hands free from unrighteousness this is what the near approach to god requires from you and this is what i expect of you the power and value of true thought depends upon its manifestation in action october eighteenth the reality of man is his thought not his material body the thought force and the animal force are partners although man is part of the animal creation he possesses a power of thought superior to all other created beings if a man's thought is constantly aspiring towards heavenly subjects then does he become saintly if on the other hand his thought does not soar but is directed downwards to centre itself upon the things of this world he grows more and more material until he arrives at a state little better than that of a mere animal thoughts may be divided into two classes first thought that belongs to the world of thought alone second thought that expresses itself in action some men and women glory in their exalted thoughts but if these thoughts never reach the plane of action they remain useless the power of thought is dependent on its manifestation in deeds a philosopher's thought may however in the world of progress and evolution translate itself into the actions of other people even when they themselves 
are unable or unwilling to show forth their grand ideals in their own lives to this class the majority of philosophers belong their teachings being high above their actions this is the difference between the philosophers who are spiritual teachers and those who are mere philosophers the spiritual teacher is the first to follow his own teaching he brings down into the world of action his spiritual conceptions and ideals his divine thoughts are made manifest to the world his thought is himself from which he is inseparable when we find a philosopher emphasizing the importance and grandeur of justice and then encouraging a rapacious monarch in his oppression and tyranny we quickly realize that he belongs to the first class for he thinks heavenly thoughts and does not practice the corresponding heavenly virtues this state is impossible with spiritual philosophers for they ever express their high and noble thoughts in actions end of section one